The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Mafia, Kevin! <laughs> Berno, well, what is that O'Mafia they re- you're referring to right there? What is that? You in the <laughs> Bills Mafia. We had no uh, idea you remember the Bills Mafia, but for those that did not see this weekend, Kevin was pictured with... Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic himself, rooting on the Buffalo Bills against his beloved New England Patriots. It was a shocking photo, to say the least, Kev. You know, I've been tagged in a lot of photos over the years. Like, oh, you look like this person. Is that you, KOC? This and that. This is the first one I've ever seen. And I'm like, is that me? Is that me? Shirtless and clean shaven, a little bit buffer than I am right now. I'm the heaviest I've ever been at the moment. Is that me 10 years ago? I think it is, but it, but it was not me, even though, oh my God, that really looks a lot like me, Chris. Oh my God. Well, you were lucky because that wasn't a bad looking guy. I get these probably <laughs> every other day. I then, about a year ago, one day I will unveil it. About a year ago, I started a collection where I started screenshotting these. And I swear, every goofy-looking, buck-toothed bastard in the world, I get tagged as, is that Chris Vernon? And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, I have the most unbelievable collection of people saying, is that you or that looks like you? One day, I'm going to put it all together as a collage. 
and people are going to absolutely love it. I just know they will. Because at some point, <laughs> I just started screenshotting them. It's unbelievable. Um, we had a ton go on yesterday. Oh, wait, wait a minute, Chris. Yeah. You, you, know, you know what girls on Bumble say I look like? I've heard it a couple times, and I don't see it. John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from The Office? Yeah, I've got a couple Bumble compliments saying, you know who you look like? John Krasinski. Yeah, the guy from The Office. Play it up. Play it up. Play it up. Girls love the office. Yeah, a, a, a little bit. Like I mean, like second cousins, not 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 brothers even. No, you should you should you should lean into that one. You know I am mean? John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin O. Krasinski. Who knew? All right, we had a ton go on yesterday in the NBA. The NBA has done a very good job uh, with Martin Luther King Day and having it be a showcase for the league. Um, And a lot came out of those games, not the least of which is when you look up after, you know, we're about midway through this season and Bam Adebayo is back and you look at the standings and there are the Miami Heat at number two in the Eastern Conference. And let's start with them and Cleveland because Cleveland Now, if we just take a snapshot, and again, we're doing all these podcasts in the moment, but they are two and they are four. And if you look at the teams that are straddled around them, you have Chicago, who got beat down by the Grizzlies yesterday and are really going through it in the absence of Lonzo and Levine and Caruso, etc. You have Brooklyn, who has now lost Kevin Durant for a long period of time. Um, And so here are these other two teams that were a little lower in the standings earlier in the year, but in Miami's case has gotten close to fully healthy um, and gotten one of their key players back. And they're already at second and Cleveland, who has just kept on trucking, gets to 27 wins yesterday by virtue of their win over Brooklyn. And so now those are two and four. Let's start with Miami. Um, given what's going on with Chicago, given what's on, going on with Brooklyn, would it shock you if we look up after the second half of the season and Miami is the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? Not one bit. Not one bit. Because with this team, they've done it without Bam. They've done it without Butler. They've done it without Lowry. They're doing it with Gabe Vincent. They're doing it with Caleb Martin. They're doing it with Max Struess. They're doing it with these players that are not nationally known by all 30 fan bases as household names. They're doing it without the guys that are those household names. And like a guy like Caleb Martin in yesterday's game, he he had that sequence where I think it was like back-to-back-to-back plays or maybe three out of four possessions in a row. He hits this layup inside, steals the ball, makes an outstanding kick-out pass to Struess for three. And just the, the energy that he plays with on defense, moving his feet, like you watch him play, you're like, oh, Caleb Martin's locked in. This guy wants to win games. Like it's as simple as that. Just watching him play, this guy wants to win games in January. And, and this whole Heat team, 
really embodies that from Jimmy Butler and PJ Tucker all the way on down to the back of the roster. And no, I mean, it would not be surprising one bit if the Heat, when they are at optimal you know, strength, if they're at the top of the East. See, you, you were right about them, Chris. You picked them to make the finals before the season, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, some would call that Heat culture. Kevin. Mm, it, it sure seems like it. Man. You know, they, they all, should use that. They should use that heat culture. And, and, thing. And, part, and part of heat culture isn't isn't bringing in people and making them like you. It's bringing in people like you. It, it, you know, and like a guy like Caleb Martin, when you watch him in yesterday's game, it, it's like, oh, he's he has this quality. When you watch Omer Yurtsev and grab 15 rebounds per game while Bam Adebayo is out, they're bringing in somebody who has that mindset just to play hard constantly. And up and down the roster, they have that. The le- like like your Memphis Grizzlies, they don't play anybody who sucks. They only Let play me good tell players. you something, though. Let me tell you something about that Max Struess that you bring up Memphis. There's nobody in Memphis that doesn't know who that is because you could probably find this on YouTube, and I would encourage people to go check it out. He was like Larry Bird reincarnate in a summer league game this past year. And in fact, yanks one from about 30 feet to win the game. Just like the game is on the line, walks up, buzzer beater, nails it in the gym in Vegas um, earlier this year. And I, I remember watching that game and I'm like, how is this guy not in the NBA? This guy is unbelievable. He was just a force of nature in this one summer league game. I mean, he's great all summer league, but in that particular game, he was unstoppable. Um, And so Max Struess was not an unfamiliar name. In fact, when I saw him (laughs) in summer league, I, I, it was unfathomable that that wasn't an NBA player to me. And now he's outperforming Duncan Robinson. Yep. I mean, it's wild how he's finishing a lot of games over Robinson. I mean, he's just been, uh, I mean, the concern with him in the past, he was always, he, he going back to DePaul, he hovered around 35% from three, below average. He's above 40 now on a high volume, and it, it seems sustainable. We'll see. Yeah, and you know they've got the star power, though it is, I think, underrated star power, right? I think when, you know, Lowry, uh, Butler, and Bam kind of all fit into that category where they're never overrated. I've never felt like any of those guys are overrated on a list that people do of the best players. You're right. Everybody's just is trying to fit them in somewhere, right? Jimmy Butler, I think, Absolutely, as a case of being one of the best players in the entire NBA, and yet when a lot of people make a list of like the top 10 players, he's not one of those automatic names that everybody puts in there. But you saw yesterday, again, I mean, he's he's both ends, bonafide winner, uh, leader, like the whole, he's got the he's got the whole package, and he's playing again at this extremely high level. And you feel like with the game on the line, you've got a guy that will make the winning plays or winning shots or whatever. And then you tag that along with a guy like Lowry, a guy like Bam. And if you've got the heroes and the Struces and the other guys, you know, that can fill in the blanks as, as, as role players and very good role players, 
Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about something really devastating. I will say that when they were at full strength, I've told you that the best teams, of the best teams that I have seen in person this year, Phoenix was the best team in the Western Conference. Miami was the best team from the Eastern Conference. That's the best team I've seen in person. You know, the funny thing is with Miami is we're mentioning all these guys that have been out. We haven't mentioned Markeith Morris, who's been out since the Jokic hit. And, of course, Victor Oladipo is still sidelined. You don't know what Oladipo is going to be able to offer. But theoretically, you know, you get those guys back in addition to everything else. You got, you know, 12, 13, 14 guys that deserve minutes on your roster. <laughs> like, they're, they're a deep team that's going to have the ability in the playoffs, assuming good health, to play different styles. And, I mean, that's that's the key thing. We talk about versatility from individual players, like switching a screen on from a guard onto a wing, from a big onto a forward, like switching on-ball screens, switching off-ball screens, and all that type of stuff. But versatility is also for Eric Spolstra, the best coach in basketball, to be like, okay, I can play with two bigs. I can play with one big. I can play small ball. I can mix and match and have all these different types of lineups and take different shapes and styles depending on the personnel that I put on the floor. Miami is shaping up to be that type of team too where Spo can do whatever he wants as a coach with the lineups that he puts out there. Miami's for real, man. They're for real. You know, I hadn't even thought about Oladipo until you just mentioned it. Um, Outside of a few nights ago, I was at a game and the game had gotten out of hand and my uh, my producer and I were looking at eBay auctions for basketball cards and he ended up becoming a quick topic of conversation. There was like this Victor Oladipo autograph rookie card that was up for auction. And like, I think the highest bid was like eight or nine bucks, Kevin. And I turned to my producer and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I was like, what a, a, what do you think this would have gone for? I mean, this guy was like the best shooting guard in the Eastern Conference for a minute. He was like all-star, all-star, like what a fall. I mean, and I'm like, geez Louise, and now you could get a friggin' autograph rookie for nothing? Uh, this guy, like I hadn't even thought about him. I, I don't know if there's, it's very hard to think of like an ascent like that into becoming what he was for that brief moment of time and then just gone, just not even on the radar at all. And we kept on thinking, like, you know, okay, maybe his best days are behind him, but he could still be a valuable player. Like, he hasn't contributed at all. It'd be crazy if he came back and was able to contribute, you know, at this point. Just when was he's the just last been, time he was an all-star? The 2018-19 season? That's not that long ago. It's not that long ago, but it feels like a different lifetime ago. That's for it damn does. sure. I mean, like ever since March 2020, everything before that. I mean, that even feels even way before that because it was 2018-19. Yeah. Wild. Um, and maybe there'll be another, maybe there'll be a second act. Maybe he comes in and is able to contribute in in, in a playoff game or something at some point. Um, and we have a chance. There, heard there, the a last chance. of him. There, there is a chance. Like last year, last year in in in, um, in Houston, he had some good games. Uh, it's it's not like he was a total zero night in night out for the Rockets last year before you know making his way to to the Heat. I mean, it's not like he can't contribute, um, but it's just a matter. Of, can he reach the peaks that he did before? Uh, the, the, that I'm not so sure of. 
I don't think so. How about that other team uh, that I mentioned, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, They beat Brooklyn. They're a game back from Brooklyn for the three seed. I mean, imagine this. This is truly unbelievable. When you look up at Memphis is in third in the Western Conference and Cleveland is a game back from third in the Eastern Conference, it's one of those things that makes uh, both these teams have made all preseason predictions look totally foolish. Um, And now you know with what Brooklyn's going through, you know, if if you told me that Cleveland catches them, it, it's not shocking at all. Now, we do have to keep in mind that Milwaukee is right there behind them. It's a half a game. And so, you know, this stuff can all be fleeting. In one night, this stuff can change. But at least for a brief moment, you know, the idea of them being able to rack up a lot of wins uh, here as they have throughout this season um, and playing basketball with a better record than Brooklyn for the next couple of weeks is not out of the question at all, even if they do get hopped by Milwaukee, right? And so, you know, we've wondered if the Cleveland thing would taper off. The idea that they, as of this morning, are a home court advantage team speaks to how unbelievable they've been this year. And it puts them in a reasonable chance that they're not even having to fight for their playoff spot by being seven through 10. What are the chances that they are one of the top six teams when this is all said and done? Because at some point we got to acknowledge that like there's not the, the, the slowdown has not happened. And I really thought that when they lost Rubio, that would be devastating for them. But look at them seven and three in their last 10 games. I mean, there's a long way to go. And, and like they, they might end up seven. They're only, you know, two and a half games up on Charlotte, you know, just, but they're also only one and a half games back from Chicago. Right. For number, for number one in the East. Like it's still, <laughs> it's still like I say that, like, because it's still so compact. So I mean, between like it's only five games of separation from one through eight. Um, like that, that's still very, very close out East, unlike the West, where it's like dramatic difference between some teams. There's like separate, there's tiers being created in the West that aren't yet in the East. Um, but with Cleveland, I would bet on them continuing to sustain success. And it's because of the fact that they have multiple guys playing at an all-star level. Darius Garland continues to trend upwards. Jared Allen having just an absolutely sensational year. Evan Mobley in his own right, obviously the rookie of the year favorite thus far this season. But up and down the roster again, it's like we just talked about with Miami. They don't they don't have many guys playing who who suck. They don't have any playing who suck to stick to your rule again, Chris. Like this is another strong roster up and down with guys who fill their roles, especially in that starting lineup. And uh, I I, th- I think with them, they're going to at least maintain a top six seed. Well, and they're just such an oddball team because they start this gigantic front line with Markinen, Mobley, and Allen. Like having that as your three front court guys is just absurd. And then their sixth man is Kevin Love. Right. So it's been much, much better. Yeah. But they're just so big as compared to their opponents on a nightly 
basis, and even what they bring in off the bench has got this size. You mentioned Garland, and I'm happy that he's hit this run. You know, the last three games, um, he had 32 and 8 in a game against San Antonio. Then they went to Oklahoma City, had 27 points, 18 assists. And then yesterday against Brooklyn, 22 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds. Um, And with the All-Star game being in Cleveland, it would be nice for them to get a representative too. And I think Garland, if there's ever been some kind of great late push to be an All-Star, we always know that while it can be foolish, people do look at the standings you know, when they're putting together all-star teams and seeing what teams are successful at the moment. And sometimes that can look silly, uh, you know, by the time the all-star game comes around, sometimes it can't. But with the all-star game being in Cleveland, it would be nice for them to have a representative, especially given the, the, the season that they've had thus far. And boy, has Garland made a case. You look at You look at some of these lines that he has had. He has just been absolutely sensational. Yeah, and with Darius Garland, Ed, like I think you can even even go back further. Not just the Ricky Rubio injury, but the Colin Sexton injury. I mean, the the conversation was, well, I mean, Garland's pretty good. Can they mix and match? Can they mix and match Garland and Sexton together? Um, now, now, whenever Sexton returns, assuming he's still on the roster next season, it's going to be like, well, how do you integrate with Darius Garland playing at all-star level who controls this offense, who runs it at a high level, who, despite only being in his third year, despite only being 21 years old, operates in the pick and roll with such finesse and feel and confidence. And I think you look at this team the way they are structured right now, you mentioned how they're funky with their amount of size they have. And that's true. But like from a pure skills standpoint, like forgetting about the size of the players, all these pieces fit together with Garland, the cool and collected pick and roll operator, Mobley and Allen switchable, versatile, long pieces, marking in the shooter. And then Okoro, Isaac Okoro, the lockdown perimeter defender who gave hell to Kyrie and Shagulis Alexander and so many other guards and wings and scores throughout this entire season. And offensively, I mean, he doesn't do a lot from the outside, but just him, him downhill attacking, just downhill rolling to the basket. I mean, the, all the pieces fit. In they just need one more really good wing to be like a real playoff problem for somebody. Yeah, I mean, or Okoro plus a jump shot. If Okoro can become a consistent shooter, oh boy, hmm. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah, they have been outstanding. And Garland, you know, when you watch him, he strikes me. He's He's got a chance to be one of those 50, 40, 90 guys at some point. He really does because he's unbelievable from the free throw line. And I think he's shooting like 37 from three right now. I mean, you could see him end up like that. And early in the season, I had mentioned that I had heard Jackie McMullen talk about her conversation with Steph Curry and that that was the guy that he was effusive in his praise about talking about being the guy. And I said, who am I to disagree with Steph Curry? But he's making Steph Curry look like a genius, right? I mean, that wasn't the most popular thing if if I would have asked somebody who do what young player do you think Steph Curry stamped I I don't think before the season 
people would have listed a lot of names before they got to Darius Garland. And yet, here we are. And we're talking about him maybe making his first all-star appearance. And that Cleveland team has just had an absolute dream season thus far. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Tired of paying for cable TV? Switch to Hulu Plus Live TV today to watch over 95 live channels for sports, news, shows, and more. Plus, you'll get access to Hulu's entire streaming library with access to Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. No long-term contract, no hidden fees, and no clunky cable box. Get Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. You know, as I, as I say, you got the heat there, and then you got Cleveland, and Cleveland's a, a game back from Brooklyn, and now they've lost KD for an amount of time. And you hope that he's able to recover from this and come back totally healthy, especially as he was playing as one of, if not the best player in the NBA so far this year. and it immediately put a big spotlight on Kyrie because as soon as the injury happens, Kyrie starts getting the questions that probably he was passed. Um, People just accepted this intensely weird situation. But then it was like when KD went down, like, hey, are you going to change your stance on this so that you can play all the games and... He ain't changing his stance. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, 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 he didn't care, Katie. He got hurt. He's like, yeah, okay. I don't know. what What's that got to do with me? Yeah, I mean, he pre- he had a back and forth with a reporter last night after the game just about it and basically just, you know, remained firm. There's nothing, the basketball has nothing to do with my own personal choice. My own personal choice is, is what it is. The one good thing for the Nets here, Chris, is they have 16 of their next 21 games into the all-star break on the road. So they are going to have Kyrie for all but five of their next 21 games before the all-star break. After that, after the break is when they don't have many games at home. 13 of their final 23 are at home. One of them is at Madison Square Garden, so Kyrie wouldn't be able to play that one. One of them is in Toronto, so he wouldn't play that one either. So they're going to have him a lot the next couple weeks without Kevin Durant. But then when you hope Kevin Durant returns, then they're not going to be without Kyrie Irving for the far majority of games. It's just going to be a weird, wacky season. Who knows what's going to, what their plight is going to be over the next couple of weeks without Durant because you felt like they've needed him to be amazing. And he has been amazing. And so now on those nights where Kyrie Irving is unavailable, um, which are not going to be that many, as you mentioned, but can James Harden turn back into James Harden, the guy that can get you victories by himself? You know, I mean, he is going to be Houston James Harden. You know what I mean, like, I mean, the ball's going to be in his hands, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It, he has he has shown uh, very little uh, indication that he is that right now, like the best player on a team that gets a bunch of wins. What percentage would you say James Harden is right now compared to, I don't know, peak James Harden? Like, what percentage is he right now, though? Compared to the 35-point-per-game James Harden 
a couple years ago in Houston. I mean, 70? I think that low. I mean, look, you got to remember, I've been to shoot-arounds where the entire damn thing was about James Harden. Like, I've seen game plans where the entire thing was about James Harden. You've drawn him up yourself. And this guy still dropped, like, 48. Like, I, he <laughs> at his peak. Now, again, you're telling me, I'm comparing him to that, like, MVP, best yes. offensive yeah, yeah, player. That, that's yeah, oh, God. exactly what I mean. I mean, like, what percentage is Harden today compared to that? I mean, I probably went too high with 70. Really? Not even, clo- yeah, okay. not even close to that. What? Do you think he can reach... 85, 90% in the playoffs. Do you, do you think Harden can get to that point? That, that, that's what I'm trying to get at here. What, what, what does Harden have in him right now? 32 years old. He does not look the same level physically uh, that he was before, performance-wise, looks-wise. Um, the, the numbers are not quite the same either. Not drawing quite as many fouls. All right, now here's what I would tell anybody to do. Go watch the, the kind of shape he's in and how devastating he was. Now you know. Look, I'm not so much of a hater that I can't. I can't tell you what the guy like. The guy got on my nerves with the antics and everything, and going to the foul line like he did, and playing for fouls rather than playing for shots uh, or to make the shot necessarily. But I have never told you he wasn't amazing. And you go back and watch those like MVP or near MVP seasons, and then watch highlights from this year. Come on, come on. It's not even in the same hemisphere. He was unstoppable, Kevin. Completely unstoppable. And he is, you, you could, you, people guarded with one guy now. I mean, he was, you guarded him with two guys. He's still getting 50 sometimes <laughs> back then. I mean, one of the thoughts on my mind is do the Nets look tired, including Harden? They seem, it seems like a tired team to me. I, I, I don't know. Like, that's just my, my vibe watching this team. Harden playing 40 minutes a night. Patty Mills even has cooled off a little bit. Uh, so, some of the older guys on this team, it just seems like a, a tired bunch. It also all feels joyless to me. Now, I'm, I'm spoiled because I watch the most joy every single night. You do. Yeah, you know you what do. I mean? I really do. And so you juxtaposed versus watching that. And it's like, I don't know. It just feels stressful. <laughs> The, the whole, the whole, the whole thing, the the stories around them, just everything about it feels joyless. It really does. Kyrie had some quote after the game last night. He said, "Our time is coming. It may not be now, but I definitely feel like some of these things that happened are for a reason, and it's for a bigger purpose." And I, I was just thinking about that quote because it's like those things. It's obviously Durant's MCL injury that's going to keep him out for a month at least. It's his own vac status. It's Joe Harris being out. It's Nick Claxton being out. It's Harden still being inconsistent. It's Blake Griffin not looking like the same guy. It's Paul Millsap looking old. It's it's like a long list of things that are happening Aldr- right Aldr- now. Aldridge coming out of retirement and being essential. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Exactly. It's it's a lot of th- it's having to play so many young players, Daron Sharp and Cam Thomas, and I mean David Duke. Like it's like it's uh, Kessler Edwards. It's having to play all these young guys on what was supposed to be like one of the oldest teams in the league. It's I mean, but but uh, like let's go to the other side of what he said though. He says I feel like some of these things happen for a reason, 
for a bigger purpose. There's no cosmic thing happening here. But could there be a light at the end of the tunnel here for Brooklyn? Playing these young guys, having to get them experience, show what they can do. Is there anything good to pull from this seven losses in their last 11 games? Is there anything to pull from what will be a challenging next couple of weeks? Is there anything good for the Nets here? I guess, yeah, I guess that those guys are getting some minutes, you know, on a, on a team. Is that where, it, though? Is like that, that the only good thing? Because you might be counting on them uh, towards the end of the year. You never know the way things are going to play out. And so some of those guys that you weren't expecting to are being called into action now, and that might better prepare them for being called into action later. In the end, look, I, I, I don't know about all this being, you know, if, if there's anything good to take out of it or whatever else, and the KD injury is awful. Um, nothing good about that, that's for it, sure. Nothing, nothing, saying, nothing They get to the it. playoffs, and they've got Ky- if, if Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant are all healthy, for the playoffs, none of this crap's going to matter anyway. Well, I mean, even despite all of it, they were still on top of the East for the far yeah, majority right. of the season. <laughs> I mean, if those guys, if those guys are all healthy when it comes playoff time, come on. I mean, we haven't gotten to see it. We didn't get to see it last year. No. But if they're all healthy, and you go into the playoffs with them all healthy, I mean, this is all going to be, you know, I guess Kyrie could come back and in the end say, I told you so, but I mean, it's not (laughs) right. Like uh, this, I told you that, uh, you know, some of those things that happened to us were a blessing in disguise or whatever. Like the truth is, if you get all those guys healthy, you're going to be devastating. Come on. Whatever percentage you want to put on James Harden, whatever percentage you want to put on Kyrie Irving, if Kevin Durant is still that dude as he was throughout this season and those two are flanking him, you got a problem defending them. I don't care who you are. And so, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. I wonder how much do they have to prove James Harden? I was thinking about that over the weekend because of the uh, Mark Stein report on his Substack. He wrote about how there's enough people around the league where he, you know, felt comfortable reporting about James Harden's quote openness to relocation this summer. Um, and that Daryl Morey's big master plan might be to hold on to Ben Simmons through the deadline into the offseason to try to do a Simmons for Harden sign and trade uh, and get Harden to pair with Embiid. Simmons goes to Brooklyn. I was just thinking about that over the weekend because Harden himself did say before the season he looks forward to testing out free agency and hearing from teams. I don't know. It's just something. It's something on my mind. Yeah, and I mean, and it might be natural with Harden because you remember there was that story about him being buddies with the Sixers owner or like they were talking to each other. People are like, what's the deal there? And they're like, oh, they're friends. And then obviously Daryl's there now who was the GM that let him run the roost in Houston. So <laughs> maybe maybe it's all destiny anyway that they get yeah. traded for each other once and for all. It was last year, Michael Rubin. This is from page6.com. Uh, Michael Rubin hosted a 4th of, J- of July party and in attendance was James Harden, uh, <laughs> Travis Scott, Bon Jovi, wow. Meek Mill, Megan The Stallion, P.K. Subban, Little Baby. 
Woody Harlow. What a party. Robert Robert Kraft and Jay-Z arrived in a green Rolls Royce, sources told Page Six, which matched a multi-million dollar custom-made green sapphire Richard Mill watch on the rapper's wrist when he emerged from the car. Yeah, I wonder what Harden arrived in. And A-Rod was there, too. Michael Rubin's a popular guy. I guess so. There's a a TikTok star, Charlie. uh, D'Amelio. D'Amelio, yep. You know him. I don't. LaShawn McCoy. Michael Strahan. What a party. (laughs) Where was our invite, Chris? Where was our invite? This is a cool party. (laughs) Charlie Gail Gail King was there. (laughs) Matt Carter. Charlie D'Amelio is a girl. (laughs) (laughs) You said you know him. I don't. Say you're sorry to Charlie D'Amelio. She's one of the most famous TikTokers in the world. I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, man. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Other things that we need to get to, the Grizzlies are now in third in the West after beating Chicago. Um, as I mentioned, Chicago, they've got to they try to hold down the fort until they get their guys back. No Lonzo, no Caruso, no Levine. Um, Steven Adams carrying Tony Bradley, though, was one of the great viral moments of the NBA season yesterday as John Morant and Tony Bradley get into it. And Steven Adams, Tony Bradley is not a small individual. And Steven Adams just picking him up sumo style and carrying him across the court. Unbelievable. It's hilarious. They say that they say he is like the strongest dude ever. Got that New Zealand strength. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. No. And he really does look like Aquaman. He really does. And so all the memes and everything about that. They picked him up like a little little baby just walking away. That's funny. yeah. I mean, who does that? It's like, it like, yeah. I mean, there's all these people that were putting up, you know, the bouncer, the best bouncer at the club. You know, yeah. that's what it really looks like. It looks like a bouncer carrying some drunk guy away from a fight. Um, <laughs> and so that happened yesterday. And the Grizzlies have only lost one game in this unbelievable streak. It was to Dallas, a team that you and Charks talked about last week who I got to see in person and Dallas 
ran them out. I mean, I think Memphis had 30 points in the second half of that game, but I saw that since we last spoke. That was right after Friday's episode that I watched that. Um, Memphis was playing their eighth game in 12 days or something. I mean, you know, people can people can roll their eyes at schedule losses or whatever, but three and four days, eight and 12 days. Those um, are tough. They had played played a lot of basketball. And I think it's fair to say, you know, as someone who's watched that team every night, they were nothing like themselves um, in that game. That being said, all credit to Dallas, because you can run into teams that don't necessarily have it and let them get away with not having it on a given night. And Dallas is a bad matchup for them, um, especially in the absence of Dylan Brooks. And me seeing Luka then versus seeing him earlier in the year, Kev, um, he is getting there. There's no way around it. People have slept on him a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, him coming into the season out of shape and not starting off all that well. Um, They have gotten cracking. They have been outstanding defensively, and he looks better and better as this year goes on, and they're very good playing half-court basketball. He's one of those guys in the league that you can't speed him up, and that's what Memphis's problem was, right? Because they don't want to play at that pace, but they do a reasonable job not turning the ball over. They play really good team defense, and he... The night I saw him, I think he was 16 of something like maybe like 16 of 26 or something, but he was 0 of 6 from 3. So he was like 16 of 20 in from two-point range, and a, a lot of those weren't necessarily going to the basket. I mean, he is just, he is one of those unstoppable guys and he's getting there and that Dallas team now looks a lot more like a threat that people thought they could be at the beginning. The reason I'm bringing this up is because things are starting to open up. I mean, you saw that Utah team get dropped by LA last night. Golden State is going to have a really tough go without Draymond. You don't expect Phoenix to slow down for any matter, but of course, they've had their eight and injury issues, um, but it's starting to open up a little bit more, and it feels like Dallas is one of those teams that can take advantage as Luka gets better and better as this season goes on, and they've kind of got their bearings. You know, hopefully they get a healthy Porzingis for the majority of the second half of the season, but um, I was much more impressed with them uh, when I saw them recently than I was earlier in the year. Well, I mean, they're Luca might be looking better physically. He's still only shooting seventeen percent from three since he got back. Um, like he hasn't shot the ball well. From but he three. makes all the other ones. <laughs> he's making, he, make, he makes all the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> and he's making all all the other plays that he needs to. And Kristaps uh, Porzingis and the the couple of games that he's been back as well after being in COVID protocols. He's looking great defensively as well. I mean, the the Thunder were kind of allergic to the rim in that game against them the other day. Uh, so, I mean, with Kristaps Porzingis, he's playing at a high level defensively, and they need him. You mentioned if they can get him healthy, they they need KP. It, it's at that point where they need him. I mean, he's playing high-level defense, um, 
getting more post touches. He's more integrated on the offensive end. Jalen Brunson continues to shine. He um, is awesome. Yeah, isn't Brunson great? Yes. Like just not play, just like, plays his role. Not like uh hey, this uh cool story uh gets to play next to Luca. Like Brunson is a player and he keeps getting better and better. Um and he does give them that he can make plays. It doesn't have to be like he can throw the lobs to guys all pick. He can run a pick and roll, which that's all you need. And you know, you got another guy. Yeah, I you mean, got you, a, heard, you, you heard the combo with Charks last week. It's like he's the the Mavs. The Mavs at one point, at least going back to last week, were number one in the NBA when Brunson runs in isolation in terms of scoring efficiency. And like it's a smaller sample compared to the high usage ISO guys across the league, but. With Brunson, that dude can play. He can create a shot for you out of pick and rolls, out of isolations. Um, they, 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 the Dallas is figuring some things out. They need to make another move. I'm not sure who that that is. They were talking about uh, Miles Turner as a target last week. John Collins is another guy to watch uh, for Dallas as a target. Do, do you like either of those guys, Turner or Collins? Like, how how do they fit in there? Are you into that? Oh, I think Turner would be outstanding there. That'd be really nice. I'd like that. I do. Collins, too. Collins gives them another lob threat. Yeah, but I mean, they, they, with an already good defense, if you add Turner there as uh, as some more rim protection, because, I mean, they've been doing it. They hadn't had Cauley Stein. He's been out. They just yeah, released him. Now, yeah. they, they're they bringing in, uh, or they have Marquise Chris, right? They just got him a deal. Um, And obviously they got Boban. You know, that's there as another big, but yeah, the the Miles Turner thing, that would be that would be fantastic if they could if they could add him into the mix. I do think he would be uh, a very good fit there. I mean I they they I feel like I feel I feel Dallas is trending up in a really positive way and Luca being bought in on defense. Um, since returning, like stuff like that, that that all adds up. And if they're able to make one or two moves to enhance this thing around their core players before the deadline, uh, they feel like a safe bet to secure one of those top six seeds in the West. The other thing is we were talking about, you remember we were talking about at the beginning of the year, there still has been no resolution um, on that Dragic thing. And that had always been brought up as a, Luca Dragic thing that maybe could take place. And so who knows if he ends up getting bought out or if you can give something up to attain him or what. But yeah, I mean, part of their thing is, and we talked about them, if they are able to stay healthy, if you stay healthy, now so much of this, especially down the stretch, Kev, is going to be these teams that can stay healthy. That's usually the teams, you know, I remember last year with Utah, they end up the number one seed. And unsurprisingly, they were incredibly healthy, you know, for the majority of the season. They were able to keep their guys on the court. And you see, you know, the KD injury happening. And you see some of these other injuries. Uh, I mentioned the Bulls and, you know, the slew of guys that they've had to be doing it without. And who knows how long they'll have to do it without them. And then there's another one that we haven't mentioned yet, which is Golden State. And that story came out over the weekend that, Draymond Green's leg pain is tied into a back issue. And that's just, yeah, it's just always scary. Always scary. Yep. It was the, they said his left calf is tied to the involvement of a disc in his lower back. Whew. 
I don't like I don't like reading those words. Discs back that that you never like to see that. And uh, w- with Draymond, w- we talked about it last week. It's a copy and paste that to here. Uh, like with Draymond Green's impact on defense, you you need you need Draymond Green and on offense. He just runs the show for them. He's their leading assist guy. He, he's their point guard. Yeah, that's what he is. And it's it's too bad. Like you get. Clay back after all this time, after 914, whatever it was, 941 days, and then Draymond plays a minute, the opening tip of that game, just to be out there for the celebration. It's um, it's it's too bad. Well, and you and you, it's one of those times where when you read that story, you wish it was a leg injury. Yeah, and you wish it was actually just a calf injury, and not and not related to the lower disc in his back. And I mean, like we talked about guys being absent with Brooklyn and Kyrie's quote about this is all for a bigger purpose. Uh, I'll I'll ask that same thought, offer that same thought here with Golden State. Is there any anything positive from Draymond being out in this situation? Like like playing Kaminga more often, could that be a positive? Getting him more opportunities, maybe even increasing trade value. Um, yeah, I think I think there's some positives here. As long as you know you're getting Draymond back healthy at the end of whenever his absence is. Two weeks from now, a month from now, yes. Because their opportunity to be a championship caliber team rests upon that. Exactly. Like like they I mean it's kinda it's kind of funny to say, but like they they, they could have been in it without Clay. They they won't be in it without Draymond. That that says something to you. It does say something. Yep. Um, another one of the guys that has been injured, but you know, shouldn't be too much longer is Anthony Davis and the Lakers. About have had a week. Uh, this, about a week. This meh season, but that was a big win against Utah last night. It was, you know, and with any time they get like a good win, people are like, could that be the turning point of the season? I don't know if it's a a turning point. Um. But the Russ dunk on Gobert was that felt like all the rage of the entire season leading into one play. You see um, the photo of it with Gobert oh looking god. all angry. <laughs> oh my god! And, and he just talks shit for like two minutes straight. Then the ref takes him up and he keeps on screaming. And I was like, oh my god! They gotta get rid of those technicals. This is unbelievable. Who, oh. who, got, th- who got thrown out the other day? Cade, Cade Cunningham for like the pointing, worst. And, and, Cade, and Cade says he was pointing to like people in the stands. It's like, get the hell out of here. That like, was terrible. Like, like the NBA, Adam Silver needs to be like, you know, handing out punishments to refs for throwing players out for that. Like, get the hell out of here. Nobody wants to see stupid zebra. People will camp, can pay their money to watch the players. I mean, that was the get worst the because because Let's that play, some fun for those that don't know what we're talking about. It it was an amazing sequence where Booker comes down and yaks one and is barking, and then come down the other end. And Cade comes under the goal and smashes one. And then he starts barking. And then they throw the guy out of the game after he starts pointing. It's like, oh, my God. It's such like, a joke. Like, the whole, like, them both getting so fired up and then going back and forth, that's, like, it's what you dream of no to kidding. have, like, for, for the theater 
of an NBA game. The, the, there's like there's like a 14 year old kid in the crowd that day who's going to their first game. Oh yeah, and they're having a good time. The score doesn't matter because their Pistons are losing, whatever it might be, or a Suns fan that might have been in the crowd for that matter watching, and they're like, oh, if only Cade got to keep playing. It's like like. Just let, 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 let the trash talk happen. Trash talk is fun. Because it feels like a moment where it's like, okay, here's this rookie guy yes. who's going up against this other star in the league, and he's trying to meet the moment, you know? And just the fact that we were robbed of letting it play out, no matter what would have happened. There's certainly little fixable things that the NBA needs to address to make this great sport, this great league, even greater. And, and I, I think for the Lakers and the Jazz game, uh, thank goodness <laughs> Russ might have gotten a technical. Thank goodness he didn't get thrown out after that moment. Uh, the, have the Lakers turned their season around? Is this a turning point for Russell Westbrook? You you said. I, I don't mean, know. Ru- 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 I, Russ I, is still five of fourteen on I, the night. I, 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 I'm <laughs> doubtful. I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful. And then on the other front, you know, there was a. Did you see that minor controversy over the weekend about the 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 Rudy Gobert thing that came out, and then like, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell were liking it, and like this the the subtweet thing about oh, how it, hard it, how hard saying... Devin Booker plays defense and all this shit, and I was like, oh my god. I, I did not see the stuff about people liking the tweet about oh, it being yeah. a subtweet, but he he was not wrong. He was a hundred percent correct. Everything Rudy Gobert said, he was correct about. People thought it was teammate, a shot at Mitchell, though. It doesn't matter who it was a shot at. It was correct. It was right. You know, whoever it was a shot against, he's right. Like the defense needs to be better around him for the Utah Jazz. It needs to be better. They need to make a trade. They need to get Jeremy Grant, in my opinion. It is clear as day. I said it well over a month ago that the Jazz should go after Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons. And I believe that even more firmly now that they need somebody on defense who can assist Rudy Gobert and be a stopper on the perimeter. They don't have that. Mitchell, Conley, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, Clarkson, all these guys, Rudy Gay, at their best, at their best defensively is above average. At their best. But a lot of those guys consistently are below average, and they, they need to find somebody who's a stopper, or they're not contenders. And Rudy Gobert is correct that they're not contenders. So he said, when I, when I watch some of the other teams, like the Sons of the Warriors, those guys are a step ahead of us in terms of winning habits. They take every game personally. Devin Booker is playing his ass off defensively. I've been watching him compared to two years ago. Guys like that, they buy in, and you could tell they take pride in playing defense and stopping their man, doing whatever they can defensively to stop the other team and be part of a winning culture. I think we're not there yet, but I think we're going to get there. They, they could get there, but they, they, they need help, man. I'm telling you, they, they need a trade. The, the, this current roster, like we can talk all day long about, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter yesterday, the Lakers go with small ball and the Jazz can't get anything going on offense. They can't find Gobert. It's amazing the amount of times, the amount of times they switched the on-ball screen on the perimeter and Rudy Gobert's got like Austin Reeves or Stanley Johnson on him inside the paint and they don't look for him at all. It's it, like you could, you, you might say that's because Gobert can't score. You might say that, but he's also got like a foot advantage on some of the guys that he's on and they wouldn't even look for him. 
Eric Walden of the Tribune was all over this story. He went and asked Donovan Mitchell about liking the tweet. And he said, quote, we just got to win tomorrow. That's it. And then on Rudy seeming to call the team out publicly, quote, we all hold the group. uh, We all as a group hold each other accountable. That's his way, I guess. I'm not too concerned about it. His just happened that way. Cool. (laughs) So who knows? Who knows? I'm I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like, they need a trade. I'm, I'm saying, like, they need to make a trade. They have to make a trade. The tensions between those those two are something that's not being played down, though, and that's it's not great when you're trying to win a title, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I think, like I said, I think at the core, regardless of how anybody's personal feelings are about what he said, he's right. He's correct with what he said. The Jazz need to make a trade. And they also need to figure out what do we do when teams go small against us? The Lakers did what the Clippers did in the playoffs last year. And the Jazz looked puzzled with what to do offensively. And with Gobert pulled away from the paint on some possessions on offense, Lakers were more or less getting what they wanted where and getting where they wanted on the court. They have to figure out how to play when teams go small because they're going to see it. It's inevitable. Whether it's the Lakers that do it to them in the playoffs whether it's the Warriors that do it to them in the playoffs, whether for that matter, even even a team like the Grizzlies with Jaron Jackson at the five, if they play with five-out spacing, there are so many teams right now in the NBA that have the ability to space out with five shooters. The Jazz need to figure out what do we do offensively to attack this and take advantage of it, and what do we do defensively to actually have players on our team that can get stops at the point of attack. Because you can't rely on Gobert with everything on defense. You can't rely on Gobert offensively with everything with your pick-and-roll heavy system. They have to figure out a lot. We just mentioned it earlier with the Miami Heat. Spolstra is in a position where he can play so many different styles. Lineup versatility, having variety with the types of ways you can play is integral to success in today's NBA. The Jazz play one way at the highest level possible on defense. They play one way on offense with Gobert screening and rolling. They need to find other ways to get production on offense and defense or they're going to lose again. As simple as that. Gobert's right. They need help on defense. That's where it starts. It's on defense. It's not a matter of... it. it it's not about the message it is about the messenger and whether and how that plays within the locker room that's what i would tell you it's not about the message it's about the messenger and sometimes that thing is reversed right it's it's a matter of is that can you say that within the locker room do you need to say that publicly in order to cause a you know so that you that you're talking about it and defending him and we're and we're speaking about it right or is that stuff that should be handled internally why are you going on twitter to to say such things i liked him going public with that comment i thought it was a innocent comment that understandably so was called a subtweet against his own teammates but like i said he was right simple as that and it's on the utah jazz front office and danny ainge just hired their more than anybody else to address it, more than anybody else, they need to fix it here or this is just, it's going to fizzle. It's going to turn into a thing where the Jazz are this nice playoff team and they never were able to get over the hump in the playoffs and there'll be reason A, B, C, X, Y, Z. People are going to blame Gobert. People are going to say it's this. People are going to say that. It doesn't matter. It's on the front office here to solve this problem and I think everybody should be on the table except for Rudy Gobert 
except for Donovan Mitchell, except for Mike Conley. Everybody else in that team should be on the table. And like personally, I look at the way some of these guys are playing. Like Jordan Clarkson, he's had some great moments for that team. I, I've kind of soured on him. The ball does not move too much. Too much isolation. Too much ball stopping. Like the, I, 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 like they need to find some mix that works. Joe Ingles can't get stops on defense anymore. He's been a there a long time. How much does his chemistry matter? His presence matter? I don't know. They know that. They know the answers to these questions more than anybody else. I, I just don't know what the move is out there. Jeremy Grant's the one name that makes the most sense to me. And even he alone, it probably isn't enough. They get to make more changes than that. It was nice to see CJ McCollum back. We do need to mention that. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about how Portland might be a team that's in that trade market in a big way coming up, especially dependent upon what ends up happening with Lillard. Um, but McCollum, who came back from the lung puncture, looked like himself in a short amount of time for Portland. So it was good to see that he was able to come back and be good. And then also want to mention, you know, the aforementioned uh, Devin Booker, who was outstanding. We haven't had a lot of 48 to 50-point games this year, but he added one of them at 48. When he is on, he is as devastating as any perimeter player in the NBA. And then a uh, quick shout-out to Miles Bridges. My God, have a contract to your kid. He had a career-high 38. And <laughs> I mean, God bless. I mean, if you're, I, I feel for that Charlotte front office. I, you'd be kicking yourself every morning. When you got up, like, damn it, man. We should have just offered him a little more and locked this down because I don't know if anybody has had the price of business go up like this guy has. He is going to get paid a fortune in the offseason. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Pretty good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, for him, not for well, them. Well, for Charlotte, too. I mean, oh, like no. Yeah, I mean, but, but you're happy that Miles Bridges at 23 years old has blossomed in the way. If that he you has. keep him, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, but now it's in a small market, in a small market, you had the opportunity to lock him in on what would have been an unbelievable value deal. And instead, dicked around with it, and now the guy's going to go out the offseason and get $25 million a year. Crazy. Can we also give a special shout-out to Bismack Biombo scoring <laughs> 17 <laughs> points? <laughs> uh, Can we also just give him a shout-out, too? That's all. He's my, he's my actually, my, uh, my favorite highlight of last season featured him. Do you remember this? It was, you, people Probably can go not. find it. Maybe the funniest thing that happened all of last season was uh, Charlotte inbounded it to Biombo in the corner, and he shoots a three. And that guy, Eric Collins, a guy I love so much in Charlotte, they throw it into a three, and he pulls a three. Of course, he misses it by like 100 miles. But right when he pulls it, he goes, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. The, you, the, you, you saying it, I remember that, yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. When he pulled a corner three, the announcer's reaction was, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it misses by, like, 10 feet. It's unbelievable. It was the best highlight of last season. Oh, my goodness. 
Bismack. He tried. He gave it his best. All right. Kevin, I imagine we're going to have a very, very eventful week once again, and I will talk to you on Friday. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. I'll talk to you on Friday, Kev. Have a great week, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.